making things look pretty is not enough. Uh, you need to understand the business impact and the goals and metrics that the marketing t- team is trying to move and make sure that you design an experience and design visuals that are going to to help that way, even if that means um, compromising on some, you know, tried and true design, you know, layouts or whatever it might be. Hey there, fellow marketers. Welcome to another episode of the Marketing Careers Podcast presented by themarketinghelp.co. So today we have another Career Moments episode. Now, our guest today represents a marketing career path I don't think we've covered in depth yet, and that's a career path um, of marketing design or design roles in general. Now, the intro clip you heard was from our guest, Mike Smith. Now, he's one of the design leads at Reforge, and Reforge is a leading provider of membership-based cohort learning programs in design, marketing, and product management. Definitely worth checking out. Now, Mike's career path has included various design roles, you know, many of which overlapped with or reported into marketing teams. So he's got a great perspective. He's got a ton of tips to share for anyone considering a marketing design career path. Plus, he's got some tips on uh, for you marketers on how to best work with your design team. Now, Mike also has some great design resources that, quite frankly, he thinks every marketer should be uh, reading and consuming, and you definitely don't want to miss those. So let's get right into it. Here's my discussion with one of the design leads at Reforge, Mike Smith. Mike, welcome to the episode. Thanks for having me. All right. So, you know, I'm really excited to get into this conversation specifically because of your background and what you're doing. Uh, But take a couple of minutes or a couple sentences, let everyone know more about what do you do at at Reforge and what, what your role entails. And we'll get into more details later in the episode, but give us a quick summary. Sure. Yeah. So my role today is leading the uh, way that we bring our content to life. So Reforge um, creates um, educational programs for tech um, tech companies, so product managers and, and whatnot. And so the insights that we create, the, the learning material that we create, my team is responsible for visualizing those and bringing to life. So that's everything from static visuals to production video um and uh yeah that's that's the team that i lead today got it so we're going to get into more details there after the break but uh let's spend a little bit of time going into your your background in terms of your career so again the reason i'm excited to have you on as a guest is because uh, you've you've developed your craft as a designer and i know that might be too broad of a brush but um but but I think a design career overlaps nicely with a marketing career in terms of the roles and the interactions, especially in the roles that you've had. So let's take it all the way to the back or to the beginning to say you finish undergrad with a, a degree in design. And I guess the question there is, did you know you wanted to be a designer even way before then? Yeah, I think. I didn't know what design was in high school and it wasn't until my late in my junior year, early senior year, where I even figured out what that was. And so once I recognized that design was adjacent to marketing and was kind of the the visualization of advertising and marketing pieces, um, I knew at that point, like, that's the thing I wanted to do. Um, and were you exposed to, to like art or graphics, you know, even growing up pri- prior to high school? Yeah, the the two the two areas that uh, exposed me to that were 
um, yearbook in high school. Nice. So I was part of the yearbook. And then uh, I was into photography and I got a photography magazine and they had um, this contest they would run every year where you got 10 images off their website and then you would have to combine them into some sort of visual uh, in Photoshop. Um and so those were the two things where I was kind of, I didn't know what it was at the time, but I enjoyed it. And I found out later that's what design, you know, those were pieces of design. Very cool. So so after you 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 finished undergrad, what was it like looking for uh design roles or even knowing whatever it was that you liked? Um, how did you find uh your first couple of jobs there after graduating? Yeah, it took a while. Uh, I graduated at a really unfortunate time <laughs> in the economy. Mm. Uh, so um, the first job out of college was just uh, a project management job for someone that uh, needed help. And so it took me uh, six months of doing that before I landed a role uh, actually inside of a church doing uh, kind of managing their print shop. So again, like not doing a ton of design, but print. Uh, was a big aspect. And so I would design some things for for customers or for internal people. And so that was a, like another whole year before I finally landed um, in my first, like what I would consider real design job uh, at a, a wholesale apparel company. And, and that was more of it like, like gra- graphic design or more dealing with digital assets. Uh, it was a mix of both uh, okay. there. So we we had a catalog that we would produce every year. Um, and then we also would do uh, all of the updates for our emails uh, that we would send. And our emails were like, uh, <laughs> I learned this later, but it's not the best practice. They were basically giant images uh, <laughs> that we would email out. So I would make all the Im- all the imagery for those sales sheets for our sales team. Uh, and any of like the banners and stuff that would go on our website. So I can imagine people coming to you being like, well, Mike, can, Mike can do that. And just let, yeah. let Mike figure it out with, with designing the collateral and things like that. Um, yeah. Now, how did you actually land that role? So, Cause you're right. You know, the, that first real job that everyone tends to to seek. Um, you know, we hear a lot about the power of networking and I'm just curious, how did you land that first real, real job in, in design? Uh, monster.com. <laughs> <laughs> I I knew I didn't want to stay at the print shop because I wanted to get into a real design job and found this place, um, and got an interview it was one of the few interviews that I even got. Um, but went in, showed my portfolio, um, really hit it off with the, with the manager there. And, um, I guess I, he, I mean, he told me after the fact I spoke well of the work I did and he could tell that I actually did it. I guess he had interviewed people that like stole work and like put it in their portfolio and presented it and they couldn't speak to it. So it was purely uh portfolio and the right, the right connection uh, during the interview process. That's great. It, it, well, a couple of things we'll dig into deeper after the break when it comes to that interviewing, but monster.com at the time, you're right. It's probably one of the three places everybody went. Uh, this is probably yeah. even before LinkedIn became what it is. But I think back then there's a higher degree of success with those job boards before they became, you know, dime a dozen. Um, yeah. But when you think about um, the time that you had there in that the, that first quote unquote real job, you know, you're there a couple of years and then you decide to move on to your next job. So so first question is, why did you, did you decide to leave that first job in pursuit of your next job, which is working at a Weber? Yeah. 
Uh, I, I left there for two reasons. One, it was a long drive. Um, it was like a 40-ish minute drive that if you hit traffic on a Friday afternoon, it was just a bear to get home. Um, and the second reason was um, I <laughs> I was kind of bored of the work. Um, you know, there's only so many different ways that you can take a blank t-shirt and make a cool visual out of it uh, or can market like a polo shirt. Um, and so... It, it it was like a, around the three year mark where I was kind of like, ah, you know, I'm really kind of itching to do something new and different and work really in the industry. Like the tech world was really kind of um, starting to catch my attention and I hadn't experienced it before. And so working in an industry that was a little bit more innovative and forward thinking versus this, you know, this company, it was great. I learned a ton there, but um it was selling t-shirts, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. It, it, it was good. It served its purpose. And now you're ready totally. for enough, a different challenge. I like it. Uh, what's interesting is because we talk about the the six career factors and, and reasons why people leave or, or, or land roles. And you just described location and challenge as the two reasons, one of the key reasons why you decided to move on, i.e. look for something closer to home and look for something that would give you a greater challenge. And that sounds like that's what a Weber was giving you, which is where we met. Um, so you're at a Weber for, you know, what is unheard of nowadays, which is five years, um, in terms of a tenure in any sort of position, especially within call it technology or software. But if you had to summarize, cause I know within a Weber, you had a couple of advances, a couple of promotions, but if you look back on that time there, design role inside of a software company, um, how would you summarize that experience in terms of like the biggest takeaways of being, you know, what you could describe as you know, a small design team that was integrated within between marketing product and engineering, you know, what are your takeaways from your time there? Yeah. I, I really feel like that's where I, I've grown a lot since then, but it felt like it's where I kind of grew up. Um, I learned so much. There were so many great connections at Aweber and there was a lot of opportunity to, um, to bring ideas and and carry them through. So even when I started there, I was really the first, um, and it wasn't even set up this way at the time, but I was the first like marketing designer that they were hiring. Um, we kind of served all the different departments, but I worked closest with marketing. Uh, and over time, we kind of split out the two teams, product design and marketing design, and we can chat about those different paths um, later if we want. But like those those uh shifts those moves those understandings were all like learning opportunities uh for me while i was there and so like when i look back at my time there it was like opportunity was provided to me and, and um the leadership really was what built into me to like learn as many things as i possibly could and that was the first time that you were ended up managing people correct it was yeah, yeah. and yeah <laughs> Your initial takeaway in your, you know, first couple of months managing a direct report, what, what are your reflections there? Yeah, it was wild. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's one, it was the weirdest shift for me uh, was moving from peer to um, manager. And um, I think it was almost more awkward for me than it was for some people on the team because you know, as, as someone grows, there should never, and if they're going to be promoted into a management role, it should never be a surprise to the team. 
Like it shouldn't be like, oh, that guy got it. Um, and so I I think across the team, it seemed like most people were like, okay, this makes sense. But for me, there was this moment of like, oh, shoot, our relationship just changed where uh, I was, we were peers and now there's like more of a uh, expectation relationship here. And so um, it was, it was interesting. Um, I would say that the team was small. There were, I think there was three people and they were all at different points in their career, in their performance, in their, um, uh, you know, in their growth. And so I learned a lot right away. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I, I can recall watching that growth happen, which, which again, it's great to see somebody actually have that opportunity to, to experience that. Uh, for those reasons. Now, when you think about, like you were saying, you started there as the first kind of marketing design hire. And, you know, I can speak from firsthand experience, you know, working with the design team, working with you and, and how the team's integrated. But from your perspective as a designer, and again, for our audience who's listening, because I'm sure there's a lot of marketers out there that are working with designers for the first time, or they're about to inherit a team that may include working with designers you know, what's, what, what are the things they should be looking out for to ensure that there's an optimal relationship between marketing and design? Yeah. Uh, I think the first is uh, allowing the designers to come up with solutions is going to be important. <laughs> uh, the, the types of feedback, you know, you want to be, I, I understand as a, as a marketer, you want to give feedback. This is your work and that you're working with the designer to bring it to life. And so you have a lot of opinions and a lot of um, vision around this. And sometimes a designer will produce something and it's just like off the mark. And the I think the best redirection, the best type of feedback is saying why it doesn't work versus just jumping straight into, hey, it doesn't work and I think we should do this. Um, because when it comes in that direction designers tend to be a little territorial and yeah. say like well why are you telling me how to do my job um and i know it doesn't that's not the intent but that's often how it's heard and so i think the one thing is like be careful how you provide feedback because it may be received as a directive or or telling someone how to do design because it's a very specialized skill and you know the subjectivity of uh what's what's good design you know, you've seen it, you've heard it, you've experienced it. And I feel like uh, for any, any any marketers out there that's experiencing this relationship uh, as, a, as a new relationship with design, it's a respecting the, the it's respecting the craft and let them cook. Right. Just let let the designers figure it out. Like if the first version is not good, they can they know the recipe better than you do as a marketer. Um, it's, it's almost similar to how. When you think about other specialized skills in marketing, you know, copywriters, you know, tend to feel the same way where it's, you know, somebody yeah. says, you know, uh, I need more action verbs and they, they you, know, you don't get it. Uh, let me try it again. Same thing with designers, make the logo bigger. That's usually not <laughs> what the solution is, uh, but rather let the designers do their thing. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's good insights because especially for those that are new to this, it, it's a there's an opportunity here to have a very strong start on, the, on a, with a strong relationship by letting the designers do their thing. Um, so you're at Aweber for a couple of years, then you move on. Um, 
you know, I guess the question there is reasons for moving on slash what was the opportunity that you were uh, moving on to? And yeah. why did you, and why did you take that opportunity? Yeah. Uh, similar again, uh, the challenge is, you know, marketing the same product, creating designs for a marketing team for the same product for five plus years, especially when it's uh, a software product and there's no tangible, you know, product that you're selling um, can get, can get, you know, a little monotonous. And so again, looking for some new challenges. Um, and one of the the areas I always kind of had in the back of my head was agencies look really fun. Um, and I remember telling, uh, I think you this, I, I remember telling Chris Vasquez, who was my manager for a period of time at Eddie Weber as well. And I said, I, I think I want an agency next. And Chris is like, I don't know <laughs> if that's what you want. And I was like, no, 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 I want an agency. So, uh, it had hit, it had hit this point at a whatever, where I was kind of, uh, looking around and, uh, an agency owner approached me, uh, actually through a friend of yours. Um, <laughs> he had seen some work that I had done for him and they happened to share like the same office. Uh, and so he, he reached out to me. He's like, Hey, do you want to grab a coffee? And the coffee turned into a job offer, like on the spot. And so, um, it was an agency. It was the right time. And the owner of that agency, um, you know, I still stay in touch with him. He is a great salesperson and he sold me on the vision and I really bought it. And, um, yeah. So that's why I made the jump. <laughs> and the, the type of work you were doing, again, different sort of challenge where it wasn't totally. specific to, you know, working on landing pages and, and banner ads is more doing what kind of work was it? Was it still kind of uh, digital and traditional? Yeah, so their their core is video production. Okay. But it was basically internal communications at large companies. So an HR team would hire this agency to do um, you know, whether it's if you you know, remember remember offices that had TVs and they had like screens, <laughs> it would be like um, you know, create the screen graphics for these or we have a, a diversity inclusion initiative and we want to produce a video. And so we would go out and we would interview, you know, some of the key leaders and and stitch together a video or it be a hype video or something like that for predominantly marketing to the, you know, these were very large organizations, the internal audience, the, 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 um, my goodness, employees. Yep. Yep. So the, um, the shift from working in-house marketing team or, or design team to agency, uh, it, it was an experience. And I guess my question <laughs> would be, uh, would you ever do it again? Um, work the agency, was it the right agency or were, do you think, feel like there are other agencies that may have been a better fit, uh, in retrospect? Um, maybe <laughs> there might've been other agencies that, that might've worked. Uh, I think, I've worked with clients in a freelance setting and since I can own the communication and like the whole process, it feels more natural to me having to, uh, having to adjust to an account executive, the client's demand through an account executive is less natural. And so I think, I think it's a, I think it's an agency versus an in-house, uh, Probably if if we look 50 years out and we look back at my total resume, you won't see another agency on there. 
Right. Well, it sounds like in doing some freelance work, you're 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 scratching the itch of playing that role of you know someone consulting, leveraging your skills to solve a problem uh, yeah. on a, on an acute basis. Okay. Um. So that agency gig goes on for you know not as long Ten as the months. other gigs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but then it seems like your moonshot arrives and an opportunity starts with Reforge. So now. For those that don't know Reforge, probably don't understand the, you know how how big of a deal it is to to work there, just because of what they represent, what they do. At least from my perspective, such a great company. Now, so now the big question is, how did you transfer or translate from what you were doing there uh, into getting a shot at Reforge? Was it what was the path to get in? Yeah. Um- Again, a job board, <laughs> but uh, there there was more. Um, there were more kind of inroads and ties when I did. So I, I did end up applying on their website, which was a Squarespace website at the time, and all of the um, all of the forms you filled out went straight to the CEO because it was a company of six people at the time. Nice. Um, and so I think I think the reason my profile stood out was um, was twofold, and I only learned this after the fact. Was uh, Brian, our CEO, had talked to uh, a friend of mine through Seth Godin's Alt MBA yep. for a different role within the company, and it was actually that guy who worked at Creative Mornings, which is a creative breakfast lecture series. Um, and he worked at Creative Mornings and they had a job board. And he suggested to Brian after doing the interview that he put this job on that job board. And so that's how I found it. Got it. And then throughout the the conversation, Brian actually sold me on a different role than I applied for. Um again, you know, these these CEOs selling me on these jobs, but um <laughs> the the opportunity and challenges again that he presented to me were really, really appetizing. Um to to come in at an early stage company and try to help build out this thing that um, I saw a lot of potential in. And how many people are currently in Reforge now? We have one right around 170, 175. Yeah. Um, now, uh, was there something about Reforge that you knew that, that drew you to it or was it the role first, then the company? Yeah, uh, it was, it was the company first. Um, I had not heard of Reforge before, um, but because they were in online education and I had gained a lot of uh, online education experience through um, the Alt MBA, it was it was like, oh, this is cool. It's adjacent to what I did. I really enjoyed that. And then also, uh, it was back in the tech world. So, yeah. you know, you go from selling a physical good to tech to agency. And I was like, I want all the systems and the technology and the ways of work that a tech company does. And so that was it was the the um, tech company and the sector that they were working in. And in your time at, at Reforge, uh, you had a couple of position adjustments also. So tell us what, what what's the role that you started in, and then how that um, grow to where you are today. Yeah. Yeah, the position I started in was uh, basically a senior visual designer, but the charge was Brian is currently creating the courses by himself. 
He's researching, he's talking to the subject matter experts, he's writing it all, he's designing all this the visuals, and then he's recording the uh, voiceover and stitching it all together into a video. And so I was hired alongside of two other folks, and the three of us were responsible for how do we remove Brian from this process and scale it. Mm -hmm. Um so my aspect was the visual aspect. And so everything from what programs do we use? How do we build a design system out? So it's consistent across all of these new programs we're going to build. So like that was the early charter. And very quickly, it was like, you can't both be doing that and also design the courses. And so within a couple of months, we hired uh, a few other designers to actually be the designers for the courses. And I was kind of um, acting as art director and um uh, updating the design system and making sure that they had all the tools and and systems they needed to to scale this thing. Got it. Okay. But again, going from six to 170 people, that's that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Because because the the growth that you experienced was was it expanding into different disciplines in terms of the course courses that were created, um, or, or was it a a vertical and horizontal growth? Uh, for Reforge. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it was it was both. Um, we were serving product managers at the time, mm-hmm. and we're building more and more around the topics of product product management, things that product managers care about. But then over time, we did also expand out into engineering and marketing audiences as well. Got got it. Okay, good stuff. So um, I'm going to dive in deeper after the break here on. Um, like the design career paths, because you dropped a couple of titles in there that I want to make sure we dig into so that everyone understands what those opportunities exist. But um, when you think about all the roles that you started that were in a design capacity, you know, and I ask this of every um, marketer that we interview, you know, because everyone has a, everyone has a, a tip or something they learn over time of their career where when you're starting your roles in design, what's, what's the recommendation uh, to, to those doing the same thing so that they can make an impact, you know, uh, quickly, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. what are the tips in a design role? Because it might be different than a marketing role. What, what are the tips for in a design role? What do you do to to stand out and make an impact uh, quickly in that position? Yeah, I think um, the first thing is get the context you need. Um, if If we were having the conversation at designers about the feedback uh, loop that we were talking about earlier, where, you know, designers want to feel like they put their stamp on it. What I would say to the designer in receiving the feedback is, did you get enough context when you started the project so that you can, can nail it on like, you know, the first or second go at this. And so context is super important. And I think it's the responsibility of the designer to go, to go get that uh, if they don't feel like they have enough. Um, The second piece is, uh, Making things look pretty is not enough. Uh, You need to understand the business impact and the goals and metrics that the marketing team is trying to move and make sure that you design an experience and design visuals that are going to to help that way, even if that means um, compromising on some, you know, tried and true design, you know, layouts or whatever it might be. Like green button over blue button. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, like you, you, you hit a key word there, which is, uh, you know, that the ability to uh, uh, meet some compromise between, 
you know, competing forces, if you will. Because uh, you're right. I mean, we've seen it personally together. You know, the yeah. the, the tried and true ways. We, we got to do it this way or else. Uh, which may not necessarily jive with what is done in design world uh, or vice versa in the marketing world too. So uh, that's good advice. Um, Cause I know any designer, no matter what your role is can implement and, and take uh, action on the things you just said. So um, when you think about your career to date, what would you say is the most memorable career moment? Now memorable doesn't necessarily have to mean good or bad. It's just what's the one career moment that sticks out to you is like, yeah, that's uh, that was the most impactful career moment so far. Um, it might be because because we're talking and we worked on this together. Um, and if I if I thought for twenty minutes, it would probably be different. But sure, I remember we were putting on a conference. <laughs> together yeah uh and it was a digital marketing conference and it was down in in philadelphia and i remember uh being involved in the the total branding of how we would do this including what would the st- the stage design look like you know we're doing this on on not you know a multi-million dollar budget we're doing this on you know uh, a conservative thing to make this good and so we had to make some compromises with some of the production companies we were using and how we would how we would do this um this backdrop and everything and i remember walking into the room seeing them set up the backdrop <laughs> and there's a couple other folks on the team there and they saw my face and they immediately <laughs> were like hey uh, I actually think we need to go grab dinner. And they like pulled me out of the room because I was just like, it fell so short of my expectations. <laughs> and I think why it's so memorable is like, I look back now and no one else noticed. Yeah. But because, because I was so focused on this vision and like how it was going to come together and it didn't, I was like just so disappointed, but it didn't ruin the conference. It didn't affect the photo still looked great. (laughs) Um, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And so I think it was like a really great moment for me to realize that just because something isn't as perfect as a designer might want it to be, doesn't mean that it's going to negatively impact the experience. That's a great, that's a great, Example, because I'm sure that you've reminded yourself of that in your career since then, right? That yeah, that totally. stage stage moment, the spinal tap stage moment, <laughs> yeah. when it comes out not looking like it like it, like like it's supposed to. Um, cool. Yeah, that's. I mean, um, that's what we're looking for. These career moments is like is these are the moments that cause us to do a kind of a reflection point, and it it sticks with us uh until the next career moment cuz you know you can have more than one career moment but that's uh that's definitely a good one. All right, so we're going to jump into a quick break here, but again, good recap of uh your design career, how you got started, um what took you from role to role cuz I think there's some patterns there, but also I love the fact that you decided to sw- switch gears in your path and go for agency and got a taste. <laughs> but that may have led you to the next role because it opened, you know, your your channels for opportunities into other things. That led you to reforge. So we'll take a quick break here and we'll, we'll come right back and get deeper into uh, the world of design inside reforge. Now, there are two marketing career trends we've been seeing in the market and hearing from our community over the past few months that we wanted to help out with. Now, the first trend is the rise in the number of companies or agencies that are laying off marketers. Now, 
These are cost-cutting initiatives or RIFs, otherwise known as reduction in force. And this has left many marketers seeking their next opportunity, which leads to my second trend, which is uh, the second trend we're seeing is more marketers seeking freelance work. Now, this is a, a new career path or this is going to be a way to bridge the gap between marketing roles or, or maybe it's a side hustle for extra income. Now, given those two trends, the marketing help wants to help out. So we are working across our network of agencies and marketing teams and hiring managers that are open to hiring experienced freelancers and we want to pair them with our community of vetted experienced freelancers. So we want to do a little bit of matchmaking here uh, to help address some of these trends that we're seeing. So, so far we have agency partners seeking freelance help in uh, paid search, paid social, copywriting, SEO, email. Uh, so if, if, if you are one of those experienced marketers and you're based in the U.S., and you're seeking a freelance opportunity in the coming year, we want to help you. So all you need to do is send an email to connect at themarketinghelp.co. That's connect at themarketinghelp.co. Use the subject line freelance. And then in the body of the email, include your LinkedIn profile, URL, and uh, your core marketing skill that, that you're experienced in. Uh, we'll be in touch and we'll see if we can help you out and connect you with a freelancing opportunity across our network in the coming months. Again, if you're interested, just send an email to connect at themarketinghelp.co, subject line freelance, and include your LinkedIn profile URL and your core marketing skill in your message, and we will get back to you. All right, let's get back to the episode. All right, Mike, so the, as the design lead at Reforge, you know, when you think about all the things on your plate, because you, you, you explained really well about how it's structured um, what are the three most important areas that you focus on at any given time? Like when you think about your day, your calendar, where does your time fall into if you had to if you had to gather it into three key buckets? What are you what are you doing? Yeah, I think one is um, meeting with people for alignment, uh, making sure that we're all headed the same direction. Direction. Uh, the second is thinking strategically about what's next, what's coming. How do we do things uh, more efficiently or um, at a higher quality or what systems or processes we need to put in as a system? And then the last one is still a bit of uh, some some creative direction. So um, we can get into how Reforge's design team is structured today, but uh, there is there's still a bunch of uh, aspects of how we look um, that those decisions bubble up to me. And are you for that feedback? Is that is still coming right from the CEO for expectation alignment? Okay. Uh, Sometimes uh, a lot of, a lot of times now it's kind of cross-functional between product design, marketing and myself and making sure that we're in collaboration with each other. Got it. So, so, I want you to go a level deeper there into the team and how explain how the team is structured, uh, maybe just kind of catching the key responsibilities at each level. Yeah, totally. So we have we kind of have three functions. Uh, one is product design. So their responsibility is how does our our logged in product look? So the experience that our members experience. And so UI designers, UX writers, um, UX uh, designers all live on that team. Um, then there is the marketing team, which has a des- has a designer on it. Um, so he's kind of responsible for all the things that um, 
that fall into the marketing camp, our ads, our uh, website, our um, emails that we send, um, how we illustrate partners, you know, social ads or social uh, posts and things like that. Uh, and then there's the design org that I'm responsible for, which is taking the learned insights from the experts and turning those into visuals. Um, I call them glorified PowerPoints, <laughs> but uh, it's it's more interesting than that because they're building frameworks and templates and all these different things that are actually uh, really informationally dense to present it in a way that's consumable in a quick manner. Got it. Now, all those functions you just described all roll up into you? Uh, just the last function. Just so product design, we have a head of product design, uh, and she, she and I started around the same time. Um, and so we've worked in parallel to keep the teams, um, consistent and, and we, we work together quite a bit and then marketing currently rolls up under a marketing leader. Um, yeah. Okay. And then under, so drill down under your team and underneath you, you have what functions? Or, or I yeah, should so say, what, what people? We have, uh, I have a, a staff designer who is responsible for our design system. So ensuring that uh, all of the building blocks and the pieces that the team will use to, to make the visuals are are there and working as they should. And then making improvements and additions and, and reviewing uh, people's work to ensure that it's it's consistent. Uh, and then what we, we have... Uh, <laughs> We're working on the title currently. When we named them, we called them content designers. The and that was three years ago. The industry has shifted quite a bit, and now a content designer is equivalent with like a UX writer. Right. And so we're working on retitling them. But like basically, they're 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 information visual designers, um, and there's a handful of them that are working on generating the visuals. Um, and then there's the production team who is responsible for all of our video content um, that also rolls up. Got it. So when you think of your, you know, running that team that you have there, you said it was about 12 people. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're, when you're, as you were building that team and running that team, what is your secret to running an effective team or having strong relationships within your team? Um, I will preaches to the day I die expectations. Yeah. If you don't know the expectations going in, you have no ground to stand on. Yeah. Um, and so uh, we have a team charter that kind of lays out all the team expectations. Like, Hey, when we have a conversation that's hard, we're going to go back to the expectations and I'm going to talk about the ways that maybe you didn't meet them. When we have a conversation that goes great, I'm going to talk about the ways you ex- exceeded the expectations that we set out for you. And so it really becomes the rubric by which the conversations get a little bit easier because it's like, Hey, we're all working from the same thing and we all know this. Um, so yeah, expectations hundred percent. And when you think about managing up, cause I think that's a key skill that a lot of marketers just aren't aware of until it's too late or until you know, everyone learns at some point, but Hey, be- best to be prepared to walk into a conversation or walk into a company or a role and feel confident knowing how to and knowing that it's okay to manage up. So you work closely with the CEO. I'm sure there's other leaders in that team and that company that you're working with. So when it comes to managing up, you know, dealing with somebody who's uh, above you in rank, in addition to expectations, which uh, I'm sure is definitely part of it, what are your other tips for managing up? 
Yeah. Um, we talked about context earlier. Yeah. Um, I've observed this at, at, I call them altitudes at various different altitudes, executive altitude, leadership altitude, team member altitude. I, I'm stealing this from one of our programs. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, the what I need to know to do my job well is different than what they need to know to do their job well. But there are times where there are natural assumptions made about certain teams. So like when it comes to managing up, I need to make sure that that person, so CEO or current manager now, like that they know what's going on on the team so that they're not making those assumptions, that they have a good picture of the health, of the output, of the problems, of the successes. And so whenever I'm communicating up, I want to make sure that I'm giving them the context but not too much detail <laughs> right. so that they're, they have a good picture and a good sense of how the team is doing. Good stuff. I like that. The altitudes. I like that. Um, now let's dive into the, the career path for design. Cause again, this is going to be educational for those that are starting to work within or, or with design teams. Um, yeah. Is there a way to simplify, you know, the career path options for a designer? Cause like, like I even experienced this too, working uh, with you at Aweber, where it's like there's retitling because things have shifted and definitions for certain functions were evolving. But if you can simplify it for us, what are those paths within design? Yeah, I think at most companies you have product design and marketing design anymore, at least at software companies. Yeah. Um, but even you know more and more companies are using software, so you have. You have a group of people that are going to work on the the product, um, doing user interface, doing a lot of interviews, user experience, all that kind of stuff. And that's not really the core audience for this podcast. <laughs> then you have you know your marketing designers, and <clears throat> they're kind of broad. Um, you do have some generalists who are going to be called like a visual designer. That generalist can probably do brand design. They can probably do a little bit of illustration. Um, they can do color theory and like all of that kind of stuff, like stuff you would traditionally think of as a graphic designer. Right. Um, and then within that, like some specializations, you probably have some web designers who their, their medium of choice is really like that, that interface of the website, uh, conversion, uh, is a big, uh, aspect of their role too. Um, and then you have, uh, various like video roles, maybe an animator or a, a videographer or a, an editor, like all of those things. And they can generally, an editor could do audio or video. Mm -hmm. um, so like, those are like kind of big buckets. Um, and then you can go like super specialized <laughs> all okay, over the place from yeah. there. No, that, that's helpful. I mean, you know, I, I learned a ton working uh, with you and the team at Aweber in terms of just the different types of design because I, I, you know, most familiar with the marketing designers. But for the marketers out there, if you, you know, cross training, you know, widening or I should say uh, working on a T-shape as a marketer, you know, no harm in picking up a design skill. So if you if you had to double down as a marketer on a design skill or skill path uh, what do you think would be most valuable for a marketer to understand or to get some experience in? Yeah, I think um, design the core design principles. There's actually a great book by a guy named Chip Kidd called uh, Go. 
I'm looking for it on my bookshelf. Mm, I don't see it. Um, but it's basically like a kid's book about the basic design principles. Nice. Um, Chip Kid is the is the guy that originally did the Jurassic Park uh, poster. Oh. Um, and so he's done a ton of book design and poster design and things like that. But he he lays out in really simple terms, like what are the core design principles, line, contrast, drawing the eye. And so I think they're not they're not hard, but once you know them and see them, you can kind of implement them into your work. Yeah. Well, um, I'll, link, I'll link to the in the show notes to that to that book so people can take a look at it. Yeah. Yeah, tooling anymore. Like tooling used to be something I would say, but it, between Canva or um, you know, even even Figma is like very accessible for for lots of people to pick up and learn now. I don't think that's as much of a learning curve as like understanding the core design principles. Yeah, yeah, good point. Because I mean, uh, I, I've heard it myself a lot in the last couple of years, where when when helping marketers figure out their path and what, what uh, is the right role for for them. You know, everyone has Canva experience, but that doesn't mean that you have, you know, the right experience for the role that you're looking to to join or to apply for. Um, in some ways, it may have helped to open the doors and let everyone get a taste. But I'm sure you see stuff. I'm sure you've seen it, too, where people say, oh, yeah, I'm good at Canva. And then they produce something that misses all the principles. Um, yeah. So it's just a matter of making sure that there's uh, use with Canva with purpose, if you're a marketer, uh, and you just can't, you, you can't uh, use it enough, you know, if you want to work on those design skills. So I'll, I'll share uh, a link in the show notes to that book so everyone can get a, a, a feel for what those design principles are. Yeah. Um, so let's dive in a little bit more. You know, you've built a team uh, in your time at Reforge. You, you've, you've managed people in the last couple of stops here. So shedding some light for everybody in the audience here, you know, when it comes to design roles, because you, you touched on it earlier, but some of the keys to having a strong interview, right? When we talk about the interview mm. performance from a design standpoint, what are the must haves? You know, you talked about a portfolio, so that's an obvious yes, but is there a tip or trick when presenting a portfolio that matters when interviewing? Is it a Linktree link? Is it a, you know, a Contra and some of these other platforms like, what do you recommend people should have teed up if you're looking for a design role in an interview? Yeah. Um, a really good rationale on on decision making. <laughs> so it's it's one thing to show good work. <clears throat> it's another thing to be able to talk about it. Right. And so uh, what sets all stars apart in an interview process when it relates to design is they show a portfolio piece and they say, here are some of the challenges we overcame to get here. Here are some of the thinking and the rationale of the design decisions I've made to get here. And so now you're not even you're not even talking about the design. You're talking about how you thought to get to that design. And any more, the more people I interview, I care more about how they think. <laughs> like, you know, the portfolio is going to get them the interview. The conversation in the interview, I don't really actually care about the portfolio anymore because I've vetted it. I've seen it. Yep. And I want to know how that person thinks. Um, because if they're if they're going to be the type of person that can't handle feedback and and have interpersonal relationships with another person, like probably not a great fit for the team. Um, and if they're not going to think critically about what goes where and how um how a viewer will interact with it, um, probably not a great fit. 
That's a great point because especially for these types of roles, your designer needs to have, we'll call it thick skin to to some Mm -hmm. degree, right? Because you may be able to give good feedback, but there's a a great chance that someone's going to interact with somebody who doesn't know how to give good feedback. And therefore you need to have that strong wall or thick skin to, to kind of listen, get expectations, and then, you know, go back for round two. Um, but I, I agree on the importance of the critical thinking because you're right. The portfolio should do its job to show that you know how to understand the principles for the specific role. But it's such a it's such a missed opportunity with the ability to care about knowing how to talk through why I did it, not just how I did it, but why I did it um, and, and why it works. Uh, you mentioned earlier about caring about your design work, having some outcomes or being tied to some key metrics other than it looks, looks cool. Um, Mm -hmm. which I think is key to bring up and talk about in specific design interviews also. Um, now, you know, in the, in the, in the landscape of all the design tools and resources that exist, you, you, you listed a good book, uh, Canva, obviously everyone knows that. Um, are there some kind of, uh, other, you know, deep cut resources, um, if somebody's interested in maybe pursuing a design path uh, for a career or there's other tools that are worth uh, checking out if, if a marketer wants to kind of, you know, on the side, dig deeper into the design world. Yeah. Um, one tool and one exercise. Nice. <laughs> the tool would be actually not all that profound, which is YouTube. Uh, the number of resources, both well-produced and amateurs on YouTube today, you can get very, very far. Like you can get a very good design education on, on YouTube. Um, so that would be the tool I would recommend. And like, if you're struggling with typography, type in typography and a thousand things will come up. If you're struggling with color theory, search color theory. And so um, if you are utilizing the the chip uh, kid book and some of these principles aren't landing for you then like go watch a video on that that particular topic um as far as the exercise is concerned i would say it's copy so find some stuff online that you like open that in like a little window to the side and then open canva over here and then duplicate try to duplicate that design and it's going to teach you a lot about like why uh, alignment matters and why spacing and layout and white space and all those topics really matter uh, when you actually have to get in there and like you can easily bump something down and see how that affects the feel of the design. Um, so copy for a really long time until you feel comfortable in the program and comfortable with the principles and then go out and try to do your own thing. I like that idea because you, you, and you've probably done it yourself and seen people do it where they don't understand how they were able to get it this way or when they when they realize the measurement isn't what they thought it was, oh, okay, that was probably for a reason. Uh, that's a great great idea. Um, yeah, and and YouTube, just don't yeah, just don't publish that as your own work. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so when you think about all the you know, we, we think about how the yearbook got you interested in this thing that turned out to be a design career. Well, let's let's say that that didn't happen. And maybe mm. there is some other path you took. What else? Would, what would you be doing if design wasn't the path that you followed? Yeah, I'd probably own a pizza restaurant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because you I, like pizza? I love pizza. But um, there's something there's something 
in me that wants to create. Yeah. And so whatever the path would have been, it would have been in some sort of creation. Now you could say like coding a software engineer and coding is creating. There's a, there was a alternate reality where like I went that direction. Um, my major initially was computer science and I, thought that was what I wanted. I thought that's what graphic design was. And so I switched when I realized that wasn't what graphic design was. Um, But yeah, I I jokingly say a pizza restaurant, but like the art of, of making food and like understanding the potential and possibilities and plating and all that kind of stuff is very appealing to me as well. That's interesting because I I do know a lot of designers that, that are also good, good, good cooks. Um, Yeah. Cause I think there is some very similar uh, patterns there that, that are tied to the creation aspect. That's interesting. Um, so, um, for reforge is reforge hiring. So this is more for our audience to know, you know, check out reforge, but are you currently hiring for any roles? We are hiring for a select few roles right now. Um, we're trying to be really smart about, uh, some fundraising that we raised and not be like a lot of the headlines that you're seeing today. And so being very precise about what will add the most value to the team today. And what are those roles? So there are a few open. Okay, cool. Uh, and and it's interesting because that's a theme that I'm hearing a lot is hiring smart, uh, mm-hmm. h- hiring for need, not want. So kudos to you for not becoming a headline. Um, <laughs> now for audience wants to connect with you, learn more about your background, maybe talk shop, have questions about design. What's the best way that our audience can connect with you? Where, where should they go? Yeah, the best is my site, which is mesmith.co, um, no com, just .co. With a name like Michael Smith, you don't get michaelsmith.com. <laughs> I emailed him once, but uh, he uh, he was not willing to sell. Uh, yeah, mesmith.co, and that will link out to all the other places. Awesome. Cool. Well, uh, good stuff. Uh, Share some great tips here. Um, I think our audience is educated more on what design a career in design looks like how it interacts with marketing, how that's important and some great tips here uh, with, you know, your management experience too. So Mike, appreciate your, your time today and, and good luck with all things at Reforge. Thanks for having me. All right. A big thanks to Mike Smith for joining me on this episode. Uh, check the show notes for links to all those helpful resources that Mike had shared in the episode and ways to connect with him. Now, you're also going to see a link there to the careers page at Reforge in case you're interested in checking out them a little bit more, see if there's any open roles there that are to fit for you. Now, make sure to mention the Marketing Careers podcast when reaching out to Mike so he knows where you heard him. And remember, if you are an experienced marketer and you're seeking some uh, freelancing opportunities in the coming months, send us an email. We want to help you. We're, We're trying to work out a little program here to connect our community with freelancing opportunities that we know. All you need to do is send an email to connect at themarketinghelp.co. In the subject line, include the word freelance, include your LinkedIn profile URL and your core skill in the message, and we will connect with you uh, and share more. So uh, don't forget to rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening. And as always, this is your host, Eric Harbison, and I will catch you on the next episode.